clearly off topic. Two friends, one unique conversation. Driven to learn, inspire, create, and understand the world. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're just trying to be good humans and make the world a better place. How hard could it be? Hey guys, welcome back to Clearly Off Topic. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Juliet. Oh my gosh, guys, we have some awesome stuff for you this week. Oh, yes, we do. Um, we are talking to the co-founders of Double Blind, which is a psychedelics magazine, and uh, they have an online website, and they're a media company, and they're just so cool. They're on the, they're writing about the cutting edge of psychedelics, where it's going, how it's being used, medically, all of the things. We're going to dive into it, but first, Juliet. Oh no. What are you grateful no, oh. for? Lindsay! Oh, she always gets me. As if we don't do this every week. I know. Uh, What am I grateful for? I think it just proves that it's hard to be grateful sometimes. It is hard to be grateful sometimes, and that's why we do this weekly gratefulness to really bring attention to the things we actually are grateful for. Because most of the time you think everything sucks. It's not nearly necessarily the case, but sometimes it is. Yeah, like this week. For you, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I am grateful for something silly. My sleep journal. So since February... Sorry, January 1st. Since January 1st. I was like, it's just now. I know, it's just now. I was like, wait a second. I started keeping a sleep journal. I would document what I did the hour before sleep, and then I would wake up in the morning, I'd document how it all went. And it has improved my sleep. I'm not lying. It's like being mindful of it has improved. Like, have I had bad sleep days? Absolutely, for sure. And I can tell you every night I had a bad sleep day. (laughs) But I have witness myself sleeping better because I'm so aware of what am I doing before I go to sleep what's my ritual what's what what worked last time and I try and do that thing and just being aware and giving an extra five minutes like really like 2.5 at night and 2.5 in the morning to document it has really changed my sleep so now I'm gonna not keep track and see if it's different (laughs) oh my gosh um sounds like I need to sleep journal because uh this week has been really hard so gratefulness for me this week is is actually really difficult um got a lot going on um just like everybody else in the world I have a lot going on but um I mean this week I'm just grateful that I'm trying to turn it around right so I'm just grateful that I have all of these things to do I'm trying to look at the fact that I am running around like a crazy person trying to get all these things done as a positive thing so I'm really grateful for all of my jobs I'm grateful for all of the opportunities that I have and that are being presented to me and I'm just trying to take that negative week because this week has sucked um and turn it into something better i'm just trying to take my mind off of that and focus on the fact that like there's people out there who don't have a job Mm -hmm. i might just have a lot of jobs but um you know and i'm just grateful for my health i'm grateful in general for life right now but it's really been kicking me in the butt recently you know and i think that's so authentic to say because i truly believe you can be authentically angry and authentically grateful at the same time just because you're complaining about your week doesn't mean you're not grateful for your life yeah I mean you're looking at it right now I'm authentically (laughs) pissed off annoyed irritated but also like really grateful that I even get to feel those emotions that I that I get the chance to work on as many projects as I get to do um and you know that I have my health and you know Mm. all of that it's just it's a really beautiful life day to day but like you know recently Fuck you, life. <laughs> you're allowed. You're allowed to be a little angry. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think to get your mind off of this and to really get your week turned around, let's talk about something weird, right? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, but before we get into all of that, I want to talk about Red Bear Roastery. Red Bear Roastery is a micro roastery out of Los Angeles, specializing in small batch craft coffee beans. Yes, that's a thing. Isn't that crazy? They are basically fueled by caffeine, and they have a huge passion for coffee. They want to provide you with the most wildly fresh coffee beans on the planet, basically. 
basically. Your coffee never sits on a shelf for weeks on end before you purchase it. It's not like manufactured far away and then shipped off to you. It is manufactured as you order. So if you order a bag of the Burundi, he then roasts a bag of the Burundi and just the small batch that you need. We have a really special relationship with Red Bear Roastery and that is what gets us through all of these hours of podcasting. So if you use the code off topic at checkout at redbearroastery.com, you'll save 20%. So once again, code off topic and get yourself some wildly fresh coffee beans. All right, guys, we are here with our guests. Oh, we are so excited. We have in studio the co-founders of Double Blind, which is a print and digital magazine covering psychedelics and all that those things interact with, such as mental health, uh, environmental justice, all kinds of stuff. You think of it, it's probably interacting with psychedelics. So here in studio, we have Madison Margolin and Shelby Hartman. Welcome to the show. Welcome, ladies. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. All right. So... We got questions. Yeah, we need answering. <laughs> so first off, how do you guys know each other? How did you get started working together? Do you want to tell them our love story? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so, oh, we can we can share in telling it. So because it was part of. <laughs> Anyways, we went to journalism school together. Mm-hmm. We weren't we didn't know each other really in journalism school, and then after after grad school, we had similar trajectories. We were both um, writing articles on cannabis and psychedelics for many of the same publications like Vice or Alley Weekly. Um, Shelby ended up interviewing my dad, who's a cannabis lawyer, and um, at the end of the interview, she like gave him her background. He's like, "Oh, my daughter also went to Columbia J School. Oh, also graduated year year." Um, oh and it God. turned out that like we still hadn't met each other at that point. Though I think I had heard about Shelby from a like a mutual friend or something like that. And so we got coffee, and you know, like had sort of like a friendly. Um, peer relationship and then I ended up writing for Shelby when she was an editor at Herb which is a cannabis publication and then she came to me and asked me to start double blind with her wow so is that is that is that really how it happened I think that is how it happened but it's a very heartwarming way that you tell it um yeah that's pretty much how it happened I mean I had the idea for double blind when I was meditating and the the sequence of thoughts was pretty much I should start a magazine on psychedelics and then I should start it with Madison. So I got right up off of my meditation pillow and I called her and asked her if she wanted to do it with me. And we had worked together. I knew she was a phenomenal writer and a phenomenal thinker and a phenomenal reporter and all the things. Highly, highly professional and ridiculous. <laughs> but we didn't actually know each other very well. I had no idea what a business partnership entails. We're basically married now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can attest to that for sure. <laughs> so I guess, like, what was it about Madison? Why yeah. her? Well, like I said, she she's just a great journalist. You know, she is also very familiar with the psychedelic and cannabis space so it just made sense very cool yeah you said your dad's a cannabis lawyer yeah was he doing that like most of your life or was that my whole life yeah yeah no he's been um he does so he his thing is criminal defense and he Mm -hmm. specialized in um or specializes in cannabis cases and so um he's yeah like i kind of grew up in that world and he also like you know, like, defended Timothy Leary on a pot bust. Like, I just sort of, like, grew up in the cannabis and psychedelic space a little bit. Very cool. Then it branched out into something that you guys probably didn't even see coming, right? So your first publication to now, your first publication was in June Mm -hmm. of 2019. Mm -hmm. So super new. Super new. How long did that take? Hot off the presses. 
<laughs> how long did that guys take you to put together? Like, how long were you first... working on it prior to your first, like, issue coming out? I mean, the idea came to Shelby, like, about six months prior. Mm-hmm. And then I think we really, really, really got to work, like, February, March, I would say. Does that sound right? Yeah, I would say that it took us about two and a half to three months to put it together um so we were working pretty pretty fast and we had no money at the time so issue one was done on a budget of zero dollars other than other than the printing um we're lucky because we have a network of very talented reporters and photographers and illustrators and editors and all the people that you could need to put a magazine together many of whom we've been working with for a really long time in newsrooms and who just basically were willing to to, to make the first issue happen with us. Um, That's awesome. On a, I mean, everyone we've been working with is, yeah. you know, and, and the, the, their motivation is that they're passionate about it. Like, we're brand new publication, so, you know, like, it's people who are really passionate about the psychedelic movement and where it's going and concerned about the direction that it's going to go in. And so, and then secondary to that now, like, we're, you know, building out our our whole the whole entity of what double blind is but definitely it didn't start that way putting it together shoestring budget what kind of things do you tackle so we mentioned a little bit like the mental health and the environmental impact of these things go into like some of your favorite stories or some of the favorite articles that you've included mm. okay I, i'll take yeah, it <laughs> sorry whenever we do interviews together we're always kind of looking at each other like whose turn is it to talk um <laughs> The first issue, we published an incredible photo essay by a photojournalist named Nicola Okin, who spent the last more than five years in the Ecuadorian Amazon with indigenous communities who are fighting foreign oil and mining extraction. That's a really stunning, stunning piece of work, and we were really honored to to publish it. And I would say that for us, Um, that was a really important story to include in our first issue because we wanted to set the precedent that we're not just talking about like white people at Burning Man doing psychedelics. We're talking about the entire global community of people who use plant medicines and alternative plants as a mechanism for healing themselves. Um, And that when you embark on a journey to heal yourself with a plant that you have to honor the lineage from which it came and all of the people who are preserving the knowledge around those traditions and what it means to do that in the case of plants that come from the Amazon is to really be aware of the fact that indigenous communities in that region are fighting for very, very basic human rights. I mean, there's also something to be said about like psychedelics making you feel more connected to the environment. And so like, Part of what we want to sort of get across with the magazine is like an environmental awareness and sort of feeling of concern and connection to like the plants that give us our food and medicine and, you know, having, you know, our second issue, we have a story about um, how psychedelics help people sort of grieve the environment or mourn the environment as it's going down and like how can they awaken us to this, the state of where things are at with with the environment with climate change and all of that and like spur people to like reckon with their grief but then also like take action on it i love that you bring up like white people in the desert and burning man doing drugs because yeah. i think that's exactly what people imagine naked yeah naked people, <laughs> for sure uh that's exactly what people imagine when they think of psychedelics right that's what the average person i think who doesn't have experience with it or is just not knowledgeable about many things 
So how much hate or haterade are you guys getting? And if so, yeah. how are you dealing <laughs> with that? No haterade. Woo! That's Woo-hoo. awesome. Uh, and it's very surprising. No haterade. <laughs> I would say that, you know, I've worked in a lot of newsrooms, many different kinds of newsrooms, from a legacy newspaper in New Orleans to small media startups to CBS News and it's really just par for the course that you're going to deal with comment trolls, mm-hmm. you know, people who just have nothing better to do than to tear down your content. Yes, yes. Um, and we remarkably dealt with very little of that uh, at Double Blind, um, I think because we're really committed not only to, to being a journalism outfit, but to being an outfit that is fueling community building. And we kind of use the, the, the language with, with which we speak to our readers and is sort of grounded grounded in that you know like we we're calling in like-minded people who want to build a movement we're not trying to just argue for the sake of arguing yeah that's definitely true that's where you get the people who have their opinions versus like no this is just actual facts that we're kind of like bringing to your attention well, we want to engage with people's opinions too and mm-hmm. you know the psychedelic space can be very you know there are so many different like opinions on the way that psychedelics should go and mm-hmm. Shelby and I just wrote a story for Playboy actually um, about like the future of the psychedelic movement and the different paths to like a pro- post-prohibition world and so the idea being you have some people who are like um, like grassroots activists kind of trying to pass legislation or through city council or whatever decriminalize all psychedelic uh, plants mm-hmm. and then on the other side of things you have like clinical research that's FDA approved um, for you know psychedelic assisted psychotherapy by prescription and so mm-hmm. you know there is this idea that there are different camps in the psychedelic space but really what we're trying to show is this is all one movement with like sort of a kaleidoscopic character and um, hoping that like even with disagreement people can come together like through the community of double blind and you know engage with sort of that tension and hopefully reconcile it the future of psychedelics yeah that's something that i was really excited about is you know there's all these things happening right like um oakland just decriminalized mushrooms i believe denver did too um like fda is approving mdma to come out and like do those you know help with you know depression and ptsd and all that so where do you guys see this going like you guys are reporting on this all the time and seems like you have been for years so Something I'm really into, because, like, don't get me wrong, I do go to Burning Man, but I'm very into... <laughs> so do we. Yeah. Good. We'll have to, we'll have to see <laughs> That's you how you know year. what the people there look like. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, I mean, it it's just so interesting to me, because I know that feeling of being connected to nature, and I know that feeling of, like, coming into yourself and learning something about yourself every single time, and I've always felt that that was the most important part of psychedelics, and people have kind of shifted into this party thing, and I think that the government and, like you know, people in the world are starting to see it shift back to what it can do positively for you other than just like make you have a great time out in the desert somewhere, right? So where do you guys see it going? Where do you, what are your hopes and what do you think is actually going to happen? Yeah, I think that we're going to end up with broad access. So in a decriminalized environment, California has a statewide measure right now to decriminalize psilocybin throughout the state. Mm -hmm. Oakland um, just passed it for, Oakland and Santa Cruz both have all entheogenic plants decriminalized you have in more than 100 cities around the country similar measures replicating the original measure in Oakland which is under the group decriminalized nature so yeah so we're going to see sort of like broad grassroots movements probably successfully going forward with decrim and on the other side of it patients with um, 
treatment-resistant depression, uh, PTSD, end-of-life anxiety, uh, addiction, being eligible for um, assistive psychotherapy with synthetic versions of psilocybin, which is a main compound in mushrooms, and MDMA, and, you know, and beyond. So we're seeing, you know, synthetic analogs uh, to, uh, to plants like iboga, or its main alkaloid being ibogaine, which is great for um, opioid addiction. And so mm-hmm. there are pharmaceutical companies now that are attempting to like ho- like harness that compound and even, you know, and use it as like a pharmaceutical drug in a synthetic way. Um, and going forward beyond that, you know, there's predictions that people are going to try to like synthesize pharmaceutical drugs that don't, that are like psychedelics without the trip, which is really controversial. I don't, um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, you, people argue that, like, the trip is the medicine, right? Like, mm-hmm, going through mm-hmm. the experience of a psychedelic journey is part of, like, what's getting you better. It's not just, like, pop a pill and feel better afterward. So, yeah, I wouldn't even know what, like, what would a psychedelic without the psychedelic experience be, you well, know? Well, it's like, like it's, oh, well, like, af- you know, if you're feeling marked improvement after, like, a psilocybin trip, yeah, I guess there are people or there's this, there's an opinion that, like, you know, for people who don't want to get high or who are afraid of the psychedelic mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, you just, you want the benefit without doing the, the work during It's like it. a diet pill. But like, it's not really, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's Very not really American. how it works. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I can't wrap the psychedelic my around the psychedelic. It's yeah. really controversial. It's not something I'm necessarily, like, saying that I, you know, that I'm supporting or, mm-hmm. or against. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, is this something that's on the horizon that people are starting to consider? Yeah. So for, so for companies like, okay, People in the, the company comes to mind, people are like the uh, gateway to all of this for people who don't know. MedMen, right? MedMen is awesome, but they're doing so poorly now, right? Aren't they like their company's kind of going their under? CEO just resigned. Yeah. Why does something that is so widely embraced, like, so, because weed is a psychedelic sometimes, why is it not being so embraced now? Like, at first it was embraced and now people are like moving away. Is it the novelty is wearing off and people are like, it's cool, it's fine? I don't know. I've been in a med men store, and I just don't know that, like, if you start opening tons of brick-and-mortar stores just from a business standpoint, you have so much more overhead, right? You yeah. have rent in all those spaces. You have all these other things where if you had one location or three locations that were doing really well instead of, like, you know, one on, you know, it's like almost Starbucks in some areas now. Weed mm-hmm. is being embraced, um, mm-hmm. specifically uh, via the traditional market. Or mm-hmm. So you think the med men, that's the way they're doing it? I think... The issue with California cannabis is that you have a combination of like overregulation and like taxes that are just too high and like suffocating the market and mm-hmm. you know like the a diversity of players. I mean, if MedMen is going down, like think about all the mom and pop growers who have been weeded out of the game like a mm-hmm. year ago at yeah. this point. And but meanwhile, like people are still grow like cannabis isn't going anywhere like no. it's there's a robust cannabis market it's just yeah. not through the channels like medmen anymore and like that's a huge fear with psychedelics is as you know as we even in a decriminalized environment where you know there are going to be questions of like retail and like okay is it going to be legal though to sell psilocybin and not yeah. just possess it um and a lot of the activists who we've spoken to are suggesting that psilocybin or, or just mushrooms in general be the word is abrogated into existing industries. So you would buy, you could buy psilocybin mushrooms in the same place where you're buying reishis or in the same place where mm-hmm. you're buying like, you know, like herbs that your acupuncturist would give you. And it doesn't have to be like this whole separate regulated pathologized mm-hmm. industry 
that is going to have all this red tape to get into and then you do the same thing that happened with cannabis. Yeah. Or you should just grow your own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's very easy to grow mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have content coming out about that. Oh, very cool. That's exciting. So a lot of your content is coming from other countries. Is that or is that just that one article? Global perspective. Yeah. <laughs> we write about things happening in other countries. Um, I don't know that that's the majority of our content. But it's just interesting to see all those different perspectives. Because, like, you know, there's people in other countries who use this as, like, you know, religious ceremonies. And you come to America and people just, you know, see them totally differently. Well, it's like I was raised on homeopathy. Yeah. And a lot of people thought that was nuts. But yeah, you didn't have craft mac and homeopathy cheese until you were, like, 22. So. so, okay, I love all of your guys' content so much. And we could probably deep dive on that for a while. But I also want to get into the nitty-gritty of people who might want to start a magazine about something they're passionate about. Because you guys have shown that. You have built your skills Mm -hmm. as journalists and, you know, your grit in the industry. So you had that basis and then you knew what you wanted to write about. So you had your niche. What was like the hardest part? Because that seems to me what people struggle with is having the skills and then finding the niche they want to talk about. So for you guys, what was the hardest part? Well, um, starting a magazine is hard. Starting a successful media company is hard. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody knows that the journalism industry is struggling and investors are allergic to the word media. (laughs) So I would say that the hardest part about running a magazine or media company in 2020 is figuring out how you're going to get the initial investment to start it and then figuring out how you're going to make money to sustain it over time. Um, You know, if I, yeah, how do you find your niche? I mean, I don't, to me, that's kind of a challenging question. For Matt, I mean, the way that most journalists work, I think, is that they start out by covering a bit of everything and then they, over time, they cultivate an area of expertise or a beat. Mm -hmm you know, is what we call it, um, which is what happened with both Madison and I. Um, I started out doing breaking news, and then I got into cannabis, and then cannabis led to psychedelics. Now I'm a psychedelics reporter. So there was never going to be anything else that I was going to start a publication about. And I think that if you ask most journalists or who have started publications, it would be, well, I started a publication on this thing because this is the thing that I knew about, and this is the thing I was writing about. Yeah, I guess my my advice would be to keep your overhead low. Don't do anything silly like build your own CMS. Um, <laughs> my advice would be to uh, start out by with a social media um, with some social media content and by creating social media accounts because we started before we ever had our first issue. We started in March with our Instagram putting out content and doing all the things that brands do like getting a logo and getting colors and having a visual identity and just starting to kind of feel out whether there was even interest in this like they talk about that not just in in media companies but companies at large right this idea of a smoke test like make sure that you know you there's interest in what you're even doing before you invest like a ton of time and money in building something Mm -hmm. definitely agree Definitely agree. We do that all the time. You like, you know, flash a release of a product and see if it's even worth it. Or mm-hmm. you, you know, yeah, like a start start an Instagram. That's a great way to do it now. So do your market research before diving all in. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's kind of a no brainer, but exactly. I think a lot of people don't know it. <laughs> yeah, and like key to what's key to market research, obviously too, is like you know what who else is doing what you want to do. 
right? Because in the case of Double Blind, like, we didn't see anybody doing what we wanted to do. There are other psychedelic media companies. They're doing great work, and I don't want to diminish the work they're doing, but there's no psychedelic magazine. Mm-hmm. We're the only one. And it's really beautifully done, I will say. Yeah, it is. I love, we have a, a copy here on the table, and I was thumbing through it. The quality of it, it feels really nice, and just having a nice, uh, tangible magazine even though I'm sure it's the more expensive route, it's just, it's still so nice. I like to take magazines places and read them or like have it on my table and it's a discussion piece and yeah, like blogs. I'm like, not about it. I don't know. I'm just not about blogs. I like blogs, but if I put a beautiful uh, magazine like that on my table, there would just be weed all over it in a couple days. (laughs) Yeah. Lindsay's table would be just nuts. Yeah. But you know, a blog and blog and or a newsletter are great smoke tests. Yes. Yes, Um, You don't even have to create your own content to see if people are interested in the kind of thing you want to be telling, because you can put a newsletter together that aggregates content Mm -hmm. on the thing that you want to cover yourself. Yeah. Are the people who write for you now, because you've been, it's still new, but you have two publications out and you have like an ongoing um, media presence online. How many writers and and, uh, journalists do you have working for you now? I mean, they're all freelancers. Mm -hmm. I mean, Shelby and I sometimes write our own. Yeah, when we have time, which is never. I mean, we both, for sure, for the print magazine, like we'll each contribute like a few pieces Mm -hmm. between us. Um, I'd say we're at least at like five contributors. Yeah. Like two or two to three dozen. Like if you're if you're including writers and photographers and illustrators. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. And is this people that you've just gathered along the way, or are these people that you had from previous connections? And how important is like your past in creating this magazine? Both. Both. Yeah. Yeah. Although I honestly I would say that our past was everything in creating this magazine Mm because, like I said, the first issue was full of articles contributed by people that we have relationships with and even to this day you know like we're so humbled by all the people who are pitching us and we have found some really great writers that way like um we have a, a regular contributor named Troy Farah who pitched us just like out of the blue and now he writes for us um and he's very talented and we lo- we're so grateful to have him on our team but yeah for the most part I would say it's like any other business where if you're going to give an assignment to someone that you've never worked with before it's just it's a little bit of a risk because someone could have like a beautifully edited clips and it turns out that they just had a really great editor and when you get the piece <laughs> from them you're going oh oh no no I just I don't have time to you know sit down and deal with this yeah we've adopted people from like the place the places that we've worked before so our yeah our photo editor georgia kirk um Mm -hmm. or georgia love um you know shelby worked with her at herb and michelle janikian who um is writes she just wrote a book on psilocybin mushrooms um and she also worked with shelby at herb yeah that's awesome well it's really refreshing to see people like you guys really put in the work ahead of time like Mm -hmm. not only just in school but in just like working in the industry and figuring out what you were really passionate about and then being able to bring it together is a beautiful thing. Like, Thank you. It's, yeah. And it's really fun to do it as a friend, too. I mean, Juliet and I, you know, get to do that every yeah. day, and it's it's really great, you know? And, yeah, this this is just such a cool magazine and a cool concept, and I'm really excited to see where psychedelics go. So I just, yeah, can't wait. So if people want to learn more, sign up, 
get it, get their hot hands on this little magazine? How do they do that? Uh, follow us online. Double Blind Mag is our handle. Um, you can buy the magazine online. You can also buy tote bags, t-shirts, drug testing kits. Mm-hmm. Um, DoubleBlindMag.com. Yep. We're also in bookstores. You can see which bookstores we're in if you go to our website. Um, it's You should go and pick us up in a bookstore because That's really cool. it's just more fun to do that. And <laughs> also, if you buy us from a bookstore, then the bookstore will order more from us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're supporting the local bookstore as well. Exactly. Uh, what's your yeah. Instagram handle as well? At DoubleBlindMag on all platforms. Awesome. Nice. Ladies, well, this is awesome. Thank yeah, you for joining awesome. us. Yeah, this awesome. Thank you so much. We'll catch you guys next week. Yeah. We'll be back. What are you doing next week? Uh, hanging out here, I think. I'm listening clearly off topic. That's what I'm doing. Oh, you're going to listen I'm while gonna, we talk I'm at the same time? Lindsay, I'm a multifaceted human. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>